0: Well, good morning, Northside family, so good to be with you. My name's Nate. If this is your first time here, I want to welcome you. We know it's a full house, and so we got people in our video venue watching online. Can you say hello and make them feel welcome? Just (laughs) honored that you guys would be here and to start the new year. And uh, the reason why we even have the 50 on the screen is this year marks Northside's 50th anniversary of being a church. And uh, this is a phenomenal celebration. And uh, just a, a quick little story, Northside started in the basement of a, of a house here in New Albany with just some hungry people who are after the things of God. And that's why we're even calling this series, Just Join God, because God has more plan for you than you have planned. And we celebrate 50 years, and, and we're trying to plan a birthday party. We don't know how we can get everybody together, but we're trying to, to plan that and make that happen. We'll let you know if that can come together, hopefully in the next month. Uh, but we celebrate that. But here's the deal. You know, when you have a birthday, you don't go, all right. That's my birthday. I'm shutting it down. Right? It's over, right? No, we, when we have a birthday, we always say, man, I'm looking forward to this. And, may we celebrate the last 50 years of being a church. But over the last two years, God has been saying this. Hey, I've been doing a work for the last 50 years. But good news, Northside, I have more for you to do in the next 50 years. And isn't that cool? that like God's just going, man, I've got more. So four of you are like, yes, yes, we're excited about what God has for us. But here's the beauty of the church. The church is Jesus' church, and the church is the way that God is wanting to express and bring his love to the world. And what we actually do, we've been praying over the past couple of years going, God, what do you want to do? Not just in the next coming years, but over the next 50 years. Because this is what we know. We don't want the church just to be about us. The church exists for those who are not yet a part of it. Matter of fact, this week I talked with Danny Oots. Uh, He's a member here at Northside and he has been a part of Northside for the last 48 and a half years. It's phenomenal. Him and his wife, Doris, and I called him this week and I said, Danny, give me the good, bad, and the ugly, man, you know, over the last 48 years. And he said, Oh, man, it's been unbelievable to see his move, you know, from place to place. And he said, But here's the danger. And I said, You know, kind of tell me the core of what was the essence that, that, that has made Northside, Northside. And he said, This, here's the key thing that has made Northside, Northside is this. He said, We have never been afraid to bite off more than we can chew because we know that's what God's calling us to do. And he said, it has scared us to death through every season, but we have always stepped in more to what we have. And he said, I remember this one conversation when they were meeting in a little house here in town. He said, after the Sunday, afternoon, after the Sunday morning service, he said, a couple people brought a watermelon to church and they sliced it open. And he said, here we, we just kind of sat on the back porch of this house and we, we ate the watermelon. And he said, someone was there and they, they took a bite and then they spit out a couple seeds and they go, this is just the way I like church. I hope we stop growing. And he said, it it was in that moment that we realized if we're not careful, we'll just become comfortable and we'll forget our calling as the church. And he said, so this is what made Northside, Northside for the last 50 years. It's not because of anything Northside's doing, it's because of the calling that Christ has on his church to step into everything that the church has. And so we've been praying over the past couple of years as leadership and members and going, God, what are you calling us to do? And what we're excited about is this, over the next couple of weeks, uh, we are calling these things some of our vision nights. And uh, next Sunday night, they're all three identical. We're inviting everybody to be a part of this. We are asking that you would RSVP to which one you're coming to, because we're gonna have kids available for kiddos. We got some special things planned. And really what these things are, is this is kind of like a family night. We're going to worship, we're going to pray together, but we're going to talk about where we're going over the next two years that God is calling us to step out to continue to connect unconnected people to Jesus Christ. And we want to invite you to be a part of one of those, whether it's next Sunday night on January 12th or Wednesday, the 15th or 22nd. But this is for anybody to come and be a part of. And we're going, God, we want to dive into all that you have for us. You know, oftentimes this is the thing that happens to, Because, you know, Sam asked, hey, who has a New Year's resolution? Like six of you raised your hand, right? Because here's why we don't make resolutions most of the time. Here's why I kind of quit making resolutions in the past. is because I know I'm not going to keep up with them. And I'm like, here's the deal. I don't fail if I don't make a resolution. Right. I don't have to live with the guilt. I'm going to lose that 10 pounds next December. I've like gained 10 pounds. Right. And I'm like, see, I shouldn't have made a goal right now. I feel terrible. And so a lot of times when it comes to resolutions, because we can't be great, we don't make any resolutions. And this even happens with all of us. We know there's things in our lives that aren't great right now. We know there are things in our lives, either spiritually speaking or not, that we're going, we want to have changed. Matter of fact, AT&T has picked up on this. I love their commercial. Just okay is what? Not okay. I love that scene when that surgeon walks in. Just guess who got reinstated? <laughs> right, everybody's like, just okay, ain't okay, man. And the world knows it. The world knows just okay Ain't okay. And if you're a follower of Jesus here, I've been following Jesus since 1992 and I can give you a long list of things in my life that I go, man, this still isn't okay. Man, I wanna be more gracious. Man, I wanna be more generous. Man, I wanna wanna listen first instead of just judging people. Man, I can just go on and on of things that God has got to grow me in. But here's the question for you and I to ask. Is it even possible for us as Christians to be great? See, oftentimes we know we're going to fail if we make goals, so we just don't even make goals. And we quit pursuing greatness. Matter of fact, Jim Collins wrote in his great leadership book, Good to Great, this was his whole thesis in his leadership book, that good is the enemy of great. And he said oftentimes this is why companies fail, because they settle for good instead of pursuing greatness. They get comfortable, and they back up, and they stop pursuing and not to talk business, but to talk spiritual formation, oftentimes why you and I begin to feel distant from God, if you feel distant from God is this. It's not because he's become distant. It's because you and I have quit pursuing him. He's pursuing us, and we don't, go, we don't know how to go after him. And here's the good news. Here's why we're calling this whole series Join God. It's because God is going, I want you to experience greatness. You don't have to come up with greatness. You don't have to have life plans. All you need to do is join me. Matter of fact, in the Bible, Jesus tells us how you and I can live the greatest life possible. This is why I love Jesus. This is why I love Scripture. Because literally, there's one that he says is this. He's going, listen. We call this the great commandment. And he says this in Mark chapter 12. He goes, if you want to experience greatness, he says, and we call this the great commandment. He says, you are to love God and you are to love your neighbor as yourself. We call this the great commandment. But then in Matthew 28, he says this to his disciples. He goes, it's not just that. He says, now here's what I want you to do. He goes, I want you to go and make disciples in all of the world baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And this is what this is called. This is called the Great Commission. I don't know if you know this, God already has a purpose for your life. It is to invest the love of God into the world so that the world can know the Father who loves them. See, God's already saying, no, I've got the greatest life for you. The only thing a lot of times we forget to do is this. God is saying this, and I love how my friend Dave Ferguson coins this. He says, this is The great collaboration. We have the great commandment, the great commission, and then the great collaboration in John chapter 17. Jesus says, and he prays for his disciples on his last night. He says, I pray that you may be one so that the world would know me. And here's the beauty of Jesus. He says this, if you want to experience the greatest life possible, It is found in the middle of God involved in your love and in your purpose and in your life together as the church. This is why our values here at Northside is simply this. When we say we want to connect unconnected people to Jesus Christ, we say we want to connect them to Christ, community, and our calling. See, this is a lot of the problem is this. When I start a new year, I think being great always starts with me. And the beautiful thing of Jesus is this. He says, greatness starts with him. See, this is a different way to live. You don't have to worry about trying to be great. All you have to do is join God. And what you begin to do is experience the greatness of God in your life. This is how good God is. Because here's what I know. About 2020, I can't control the outcomes, I can't control what's going to happen in my life. You can't control everything that's going to happen to your life in this year. And some of you, that makes it very nervous. But here's what we can control. We can control the incomes of our life. We can control where we invest our life. Matter of fact, Jesus was asked this question. Someone was trying to trap him in Mark chapter 12. And he says this. He said, Jesus, there's 613 laws. Which one is the greatest law in the Old Testament to follow? He's trying to trick Jesus. And Jesus knew the greatest way to live. Listen to what he says in Mark chapter 12. He knows the greatest way. This is why Jesus is our greatest leader. He's our greatest savior. He's the greatest person that we could follow and give our lives to. And listen to what it says in Mark chapter 12, verse 28. He says, One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating with Jesus. And noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked them, Of all the commandments, which one's the most important? Which one's the greatest, Jesus. 613 laws. Which one is the greatest? Jesus doesn't miss a beat. He says the most important one is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. So love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Any Mandalorian Star Wars fans here today? Right? When Jesus says this, this is what he says This is the way. Right, And if you don't know the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian is about this man who they live as part of this guild, they live a part of this people, there's a certain way. And Jesus doesn't just say, this is the way, he also takes the other phrase and says, I have spoken. And, and he combines this. And he goes, if you want to know the greatest way of the love, he said, the greatest way to live your life is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as your He says, this is the greatest way of love. And listen how this man responds to him, because that's not what he's expecting. He says, well said, teacher, the man replied, you are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. And to love him with all of your heart and with all of your understanding and with all of your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. And then listen to what he says. He adds something. He makes a connection that Jesus doesn't even say. We need to pay attention to this. He says all of this is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. Wait a second. Jesus didn't say anything about that. What's happening here is this man is beginning to connect the dots of what the life of greatness looks like. And it's not what he thought it was. He says to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself, he says, this is greater than any burnt offering or sacrifice that you can give. And it says, when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And then from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. Jesus redefines greatness for us. And if you're, if you're taking notes, I want to encourage you to write this. Or even I want to encourage you to take notes every week because God wants to speak to you. And this is kind of the big idea that when we begin to understand the greatness of God, here's what we've got to understand. That greatness isn't what you and I do. Greatness doesn't begin with what you and I do. Greatness begins with who loves you. See, oftentimes, this is how I mess up my new year. I think greatness begins with me. All right, Nate, we're going to get our act together, right? You know, it's going to be keto. It's going to be pale, right? There's a new diet. There's a new fad, right? For some of you going, this is it. You've gone to Planet Fitness. You've got the membership. You just haven't gone yet, right? And you're going, at least I went and signed up. At least I've taken the step. And we always believe that greatness begins with us. And in this moment, what happens is this. This man realizes, no, greatness begins with Jesus, Greatness doesn't begin with what we do, greatness begins with who loves you. See, oftentimes this is my problem. I think everything begins with what I think would be great or how it would be great. This Christmas, I played this out. You know, my kids are seven, four, and two, and it's starting to get to be that moment where they can really appreciate the presents that we give them. And so I'm like, I told Ruthie, I said, man, let's kind of do something really cool and unique. And they're starting to get excited about Star Wars. And we thought, you know, for their big gift this year, let's get them all little costumes, you know, and and lightsabers. And so we got Carter, you know, little Kylo Ren, he's four, right, you know, and... (laughs) He'll grow into it. You know, it was on sale. But, uh, you know, and they're, they're losing their minds. They're opening the package, like, yes, ah! you know. And so we got Lily, who's seven, we got her a Ray outfit, you know. And so, you know, Kylo and Ray are fighting. And of course, you know, Kylo loses the battle, you know. And in a moment, I'm like, I did it, dude. Dad did it, they love it, overwhelmed him. I'm not kidding you, five minutes later, Lily comes running up the stairs, just crying, Carter hit me in the face. <laughs> Who would have thought lightsabers for a four and seven-year-old would not be the best idea? <laughs> See, this is the problem with the way I think. I can think a lot of things are the greatest way. This will be the greatest gift, will be the greatest deal. And then all a lot of times our ideas of greatness backfire on us. See, Jesus is saying this, greatness doesn't begin with your burnt offerings and your sacrifice and how good you can be. Jesus says, the greatest thing begins with me. See, this is a totally different way to live. This is why Jesus is so counterculture to our world, because the world says you have to be great. And Jesus says, there is no one great but me. And greatness of Jesus and the love of Jesus changes everything about us. And here's the deal, church, man, I, I, I want to pay really close attention to this because oftentimes we can do a lot of good things and forget Jesus in the process. Matter of fact, Jesus wrote and he spoke to the church in Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2. It's the last book in the Bible. And Jesus speaks to John, one of his best friends, and he says, hey, I want you to tell the church in Ephesus. And listen what he tells the church. He, he warns them because he's calling them back. They've lost their way of greatness. And listen what he says in Revelation chapter 2. This is what he says to the church in Ephesus. He says, I know your deeds and your hard work and your perseverance. He's like, I know you've gone on those mission trips and I know you've signed up for those serve days and I know you give money and you're generous. That is awesome. And I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men. It is good for the church to stand up to wickedness and that you've tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and you have found them false. You have persevered, and you have endured hardships for my name, and you've not grown weary. And you're like, yes, what's wrong with the church? This is awesome. What is Jesus? But he says this, yet I hold this against you. Boy, when Jesus says he holds something against us, we better listen, right? And you go, oh, I bet he's going to say, you need to do more, and you got to become better, and you got to clean your act up. Listen to what he says. This is what I hold against you, church. You have forsaken your first love. Here's what Jesus is saying. You've lost the way of greatness. Too often times we can focus on how great we are. And we forget the greatness of God. See, this is a different way to live. And listen to what Jesus says to him. He says, remember the heights from which you have fallen. Remember that when you and I begin to live out of our greatness and not the greatest of Jesus, we have lost our way. That is not the way repent and do the things you did at first. Repent just simply means to begin to go a different way. And Jesus says, repent and do the things you did at first. It's so incredible when people get baptized because they begin to experience and understand the grace of God, that it is not by our goodness that we're saved. It is by the grace of Jesus that if you want a new year and you want things to change in your life, it's not by your goodness, it is by the goodness of God. And here's what happens. I remember when I became a Christian, man, I was loving God's word, you know, and and sometimes in the peak seasons when I was really loving God, I looked like that weird person who's driving, doing worship songs, right? And you're doing this, you know, and you're like, what's wrong with that guy? And I remember just in those seasons when when we are in love with Jesus, it just permeates. And Jesus says, come back to those things that you did at first. Maybe the greatest thing for you to do is not what you're going to accomplish on your to-do list, but it's the idea that you're actually going to begin to embrace the love of God in your life this year. See, because that is what begins to change everything. Jesus says... Come back to the things you did at first. And then he says this, and if you don't repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Jesus says, listen, I'm going to take away the spiritual authority from the church. Matter of fact, this kind of freaked me out. Came across the stat while I was preparing this. uh, That this year alone, this happened last year. They estimate this to happen in 2020. Just in the United States, not across the world, but just in the United States, 6,000 churches will close their doors this year. 6,000. And you go, well, it's the culture. No. Jesus says, church, you've lost your first love. Come back to greatness. Come back and join me. Come back. This isn't about you earning my love. This is about you learning how to receive my love. I want you to experience the greatest life possible. I want the greatness of God to overflow. But here's what we need to understand. Being loved by Jesus is how we become like Jesus. See, oftentimes I think it is up to me to begin to clean my act up. No, 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 no. It is about being loved by Jesus that his grace comes in and it begins to change me from the inside out. Matter of fact, Jesus' best friend, John, he had to write and remind the church in 1 John chapter 4. He had to write to remind them about the way of greatness. And listen what he says to them. He says, this is how God showed his love among us. That he sent his one and only son into the world. That I love this phrase. That we might live through him. God's not asking you to be great this year on your own. God says, I want greatness to flow through you through Jesus. You just need to join Him. This is the way, and then He goes on to say this this is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice. For our sins. He's going, there's things that entangle your life. There are sins that hold you back. There are sin and things. And you go, man, I want to get better at that. And it's like, right, but you're never going to be able to fix it. This is why it's so funny. We go, man, I just can't fix myself. And then we go into the self-help aisle at Barnes & Noble, right? And you go, wait a second, you can't help yourself. Why are you going to read self-help? See, Jesus knows this. There's not enough willpower in this world to change your life. But there is enough love of God and the greatness of God. And see, this is what the cross is all about. And it takes our shame and it takes our sin and it gives us the love of God and it changes the way we live. It changes the way we act because Jesus is going to say this. It's not just that we love God. It's also that we love our neighbor as ourself. And here's the thing. We like to love the good neighbors, don't we? It's just the bad neighbors, man. Right? And we're like, God, would you, you know, take care of them, or would you, you know, and he goes, No, 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 you are to love them. Matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, Jesus says this. He goes, You've always heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. He says, But I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. And you're like, he, oh, what? He goes, oh yeah, there's a different way to live. You're not just to hate your enemy, you are to love your enemy and pray for your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. I kid you not, I'm reading Matthew chapter five, I'm preparing this week, right when I'm reading that, there's a guy who I used to work with a long time ago who texts me right when I'm reading, love your enemies. I'm not kidding, man. And, And I got that text and I just looked up, I'm like, really Lord, right? And he's like, oh yeah, preacher man, you're gonna have to process this yourself, right? You're not gonna get up there and just tell people to love your enemy. So I did the spiritual thing and waited five hours to respond, right? (laughs) That's what we do. Oh, Lord. Uh, I opened up the text later on. This is what it said. Hey, Nate, hope you're having a great year. Looking to add to some books I've been reading. Do you have any recommendations? Nate, you're a jerk, man. See, this whole love of God isn't just about him loving us. He's going, you, Nate, you don't even know how to love your neighbor well. This is why greatness doesn't depend on you. Nate, this is why greatness depends on me. Because I want to give you a love that you can't give this world. And I want you to love. See, and, and, man, doesn't our world right now need love? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm not even, even going to get into any situation. I'm just going, man, we just look at the world and we go, "Dag daggone, this world needs love. And Jesus says, this is why, this is why this whole love begins with me. This is why it all begins with you learning how to be loved by me so you can grow in my likeness. Matter of fact, I love this quote from Martin Luther King Jr. He's so honest when he says this. Listen to what he says about this text. He says, Jesus does not say like your enemy, like a sentimental something or an affectionate something. He says, there are actually a lot of people that I find it difficult to like. Matter of fact, I don't even like them. But Jesus says, love them. And then listen how Martin Luther King Jr. finishes the statement. And love is greater than like. Love is greater than like. See, matter of fact, it's this greatness of love that comes in and changes us. And some of you are going, Nate. This is a lot. Some of you already need an aspirin right now. You're like, oh, man, oh, man, this is changing all my plans. I know this is what the greatness of God does. It comes in and it changes our life. It changes everything. It changes the way we love ourselves. Part of the reason why you can't love yourself is because yourself depends on you. And God goes, no, 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 your greatness and your ability to love yourself doesn't depend on you. It depends on me because I love you. This is love, not that you love God, but that God loved you. It changes our identity and it changes the way we view ourselves, and it changes the way we view our neighbor and it changes the way we view this world. See, this greatness of God comes in. Some of you are going, man, Nate, I don't know how to even begin. Here's what I find in this passage. Here's three things that I find in this passage for us to begin to experience the greatness of God, the love of God in our life. It's just simply three things. It's this, the love requires three things. One, it requires access to our lives. It requires Time, and it requires action. See, love requires access, time, and action. See, this has been my problem. Most of the time I thought this. Every time I'd read this Mark chapter 12, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. I went, okay, Nate, get it together. Get it together. And then I'd fail, and I'm going, Lord, I'm trying. And here was the problem. I misread this passage. When Jesus says for us to love the Lord, our God, with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, what he's saying is this. Would you give God access to your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Meaning this, would you and I open our lives to God? To the things that are in our heart this year. To the hurts that we carry. To the fears, to the dreams, to the relationships that we have. Some of you are going, man, the financial struggles, they've just continued. And God goes, would you give me access to how you live and the way in which you live? Because I want to bring greatness into you. I want to change the way you live. But here's the deal. Love isn't about how great you and I can love. Love is about you and I giving access to God. It's about opening our lives to God. Now, some of you are going, whew, that's some vulnerability. I know. And it is scary. It's a thing called faith. It's a thing called, God, I'm going to step into this relationship that I'm going to allow you to lead. But here's the thing, it's not just access to God. It's that you and I would give God time to begin to speak into our life, to begin to lead into it. Jesus says this in John chapter 15, verse 5. Listen what he says about this. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And if the man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much Jesus says, when you start spending time with me, when you start opening God's word, when you start spending time in prayer, when you start giving him access, he goes, I'm going to bear much fruit in your life. You're going to experience the greatness of God. You're going to experience things that you can't create in your life, but you've got to give me time. And then he goes on to say this, I want to bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. He's going, man, you can't experience the life that God has you. You have got to spend time with me. Matter of fact, I found this statistic interesting. I was reading a book about this the other day. It said this. Everybody thinks Jesus is kind of Superman, and he did all this incredible ministry. And we're like, we're no Superman. We're no Jesus. And this was an interesting fact. He said Jesus spent 90% of his life in obscurity with the Heavenly Father. And he did three and a half years of ministry. And he said, the reason why Jesus did such great ministry is because most of his life was spent living life in relationship with the Father. He knew he was loved by the Father. He knew the Holy Spirit. He knew what God was wanting to do in our life. The problem for most of us is this. We go, we say this all the time, and here's the deal. Even if you're not busy, we say this all the time, don't we? Hey, how are you? I'm busy, man. I'm bu- you, you know, You're like, dude, you're in sixth grade. I know I'm busy, man. I'm busy, man. And you really do start looking at the schedule like, wow, you got travel ball. You got, this. yeah, you're more busy than me. I'm 37, right? And this why, man, I'm busy. I'm busy. Here's the deal. We're all busy. The thing is this, and I love it. Somebody gave me this. They go, when we say we're busy and I don't have, I don't have time to spend with the heavenly father, say this. It's not that you're busy. It's that it's not a priority. Because we always have time for what is the greatest priorities in our life. We always have time. What's interesting about this passage when Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches, if you talk to any winemakers, when they begin to grow the vine, here's what's interesting about the vine. They will not let a vine come out of the ground for two and a half years. Because they go, it's about deep roots. And if you don't have deep roots, you can't produce good fruit. Jesus goes, you wanna experience my greatness? You wanna experience my love? You begin to learn how to spend time with me. I'm gonna ask you to do something real crazy right now, okay? This is real risky. This could totally derail this place, so hang with me, all right? <laughs> Would you pull your phone out? I know. In church, right? Pull your phone out. Here's I'm gonna ask you to do something. We thought, how can we help you make time with God this year? Here's what we want to do. We're gonna bug you a bit, all right, over the next 21 days. Here's what we're gonna ask you to do: text the word, join God to 41411. All right? Now, some of you are brave and you just did it without even telling what we're doing, all right? Here's what we're going to do. Over the next 21 days, starting tomorrow, we're going to send you two prayers a day. One at 10 a.m., one at 4 p.m. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to put a scripture with it, and we're going to give you a prayer to pray because here's what we believe. You are going to begin to experience the greatness of God in your life when you start making time to spend with him. That God, when he begins to speak, when his word begins to dwell in your life, it begins to permeate everything that you do. And over the next 21 days, this is what we want to see happen. We want to see you spend just more time with your heavenly father. That we And I'm included. I already signed up. I'm going to get these things. I'm going, God, I want to spend more time. But here's the thing. It's not just that we would love the father and let him love us. Here's what happens. Love requires action this is why jesus says we love the lord our god with all our heart soul mind and strength close candy crush on facebook all right man all right it's just for that moment but here's here's the deal jesus says this in this moment it's not just that we would love the lord our god with all of our heart soul mind and strength he says this love your what love your neighbor see god goes this whole relationship isn't just about you and him this relationship is about action matter of fact paul writes this i want to close with this passage listen to what he says In first Corinthians because the church in Corinth just like the church in Ephesus forgot their first love and the thing that we can't do this year as we begin a new year in Northside is this we cannot forget our first love listen what Paul says in first Corinthians chapter 12 he says this and now I will show you the most excellent way he goes I'm going to show you the greatest way to live And listen what he says. And and you might have heard this passage at, at weddings, and here's the deal. It's not really a wedding passage, but if you want to have a great marriage, you might want to memorize this one, all right? If you want to have a great life with Christ, you might want to memorize this. Because Paul lays out what love is, and listen what he says. He says, love is patient, and love is kind, and it does not envy, and it does not boast, and it is not proud. Love is not rude, and it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. Anybody convicted yet? <laughs> and then check out. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> you want a New Year's resolution? Follow Jesus. Listen to what he says. Love does not delight in evil. But it rejoices with the truth. Love always protects each other. Love always trusts each other. Love always, always hopes. Love always perseveres because love never fails. Verse 13, and now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is what? Love. It's love greatness doesn't begin what you and I do. Greatness begins with who loves you. And the one who loves you leads into everything that you do. So I just got a question for you as we begin the new year. Where do you need to begin to give God access to your life? What do you need to begin to open up to him? It's your heart. See, your fears, your hurt. See, God's love comes in. He goes, I'm not asking you to be great. I'm just, letting, I'm just asking you to join me. Maybe it's not access. Maybe it's time. Where you're going, no, 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 I, I've given God access. I became a Christian a long time ago. I know. And you've forgotten your first love. And you are busy. And Jesus says, change directions. Come back to your first love. Come back to your first love. Maybe for some of you, you've never even given your life to Christ. And this is the best way you can start the new year. going, no, God, I need to give you my life. Or maybe for some of you, you're going, no, 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 Nate, I've given God access to my life. I, I, I study the Bible every day but God is calling you in the new year to be a person of action, to begin to give love away, to begin to grow, not just in love with God, but to love your neighbor as yourself. And God says this, when you begin to do this, you will begin to experience the life that you've always desired because it is the life I created you for. It's the life he created us for. And he just simply says this, join me. Join me. And you will experience the greatest life possible. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for this challenge at the beginning of the new year. That God, the challenge doesn't begin with us and our ability, God. The challenge simply just says, will we let our lives be open to you? Father, this room is full of talented, dynamic people gifted by you father even if they don't know you have given their life to you father they are gifted by you they are made in your image they are beautifully and wonderfully made father everybody here has incredible value because they're made in your image and yet father every single one of us knows the brokenness in our life and so this year as we begin a fresh year father would you help us to turn our attention to you father would you help us to focus on your love And in doing so, Father, we would learn how to love our neighbor. And, God, we would even learn how to love ourselves because you love us. Father, this is a different way to live, and we don't know how to live it by ourselves. And so, God, would you do a new work in us this year? So, Father, we give you our hearts, we give you our minds, we give you our lives, and we say, lead us in your way because you are the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, we pray all of this in your name. And everybody said together, amen. amen. Let's join Him this week, everybody. God bless you. We'll see you next weekend.